Hey guys, welcome to episode 20 of the Five the Norm podcast. I'm Gabby Robledo and I will be hosting this episode. Normally my mom hosts these episodes, uh, my mom Robin, um, but I want to hop on and share my insights and I plan on sharing, um, on hosting more episodes in the future, um, sharing the mic with my mom and today I'll be interviewing my mom. And so as a little backstory about who I am before we dive into the interview in the episode is uh, I co-founded Nomads of the Purpose with my mom when I was 15 years old and... Um, because I started the business so young, I was creating a lot of what you see here at Nomads with a Purpose, but I was doing it under the pen name of my mom. And, you know, uh, I'm super passionate about Nomads with a Purpose and this business I've created, and I don't think I know any many other people who are so passionate about their business at such a young age. And so I, when I was 15, I co-founded this one with my mom, and uh, I didn't have much of a vision for what we were trying to create, but right around the time I was like 17, I started painting a pretty uh, clear picture of what I wanted Nomads of the Purpose to become. And it's pretty cool. Um, today, you know, I'm 20 now. Um, this is five years after my mom and I co-founded this. And it's pretty cool to see all of that come to fruition. But um, I'm hopping on this podcast today because, uh, you know, when I was 15, uh, I had all these ideas of what Defy the Norm meant. You know, and of course, a lot of that came from my mom instilling these ideas in me and traveling and stuff. But I really couldn't share my voice of what my opinions were, my thoughts were on all these defy the norm ideas of chasing your dreams and breaking the norm because I was so young and people wouldn't take me seriously. But um, I realized that, you know, I don't have to necessarily um, be in that anymore because I'm, I'm 20. I can share these thoughts now and I'm not necessarily put into that box of you're too young to have these ideas. And so, you know, for a long time, I was creating things under the pen name of Robin Robledo, which is really funny in retrospect. And I realized that No Eyes With The Purpose is kind of like this pretty painting that we've created. And um, I had this vision for this painting for a long time. And for so long, I was just telling people how to paint the painting, how it needs to be painted because I didn't think that I could actually be the one to paint or else nobody would look at the picture. Um, and so now, Nomads of the Purpose has come to be this beautiful creation of lots of people contributing in our family, like my mom and Isabel and then even my dad occasionally. And I realized that I don't necessarily have to be telling people how to paint the picture now. I can actually be the one out there painting the color blue onto the canvas. And so I hope you guys enjoy, um, or don't enjoy, the voice that I'm contributing to this podcast now, and um, I hope to share some new insights, um, and I also am really excited because uh, my mom has so much to share with you guys. She has so much that can help people, and I think um, interviewing her, I have so many uh, ideas of questions I can ask her to share her skills and her talents with you guys to improve your lives or even just give you guys even more inspiration. So enjoy this episode with Robin. We're going to be talking about what we did over the past month in Utah and we're going to be diving into all the lessons we learned about adaptability, karma, and lots of other fun stuff. To inspire you to boldly and unapologetically live outside the box, dream big, and question everything. This is the Defy the Norm podcast with Nomads with a Purpose. Welcome back, guys, to the Defy the Norm podcast and the official 50 
third week of two weeks to flatten the curve. So today I'm going to be interviewing my mom to share what we've been up to for the past month. Um, so first question is, is this really weird for you to be in this position? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I am so excited. I love it. It's uh, actually, it's funny because it's such a reflection of everything when I manifest and then it comes true. There's this surreal moment for me, like say when we were gonna fly to Norway or fly to Europe and we land in Norway, like, oh my gosh, we're here. And there's this uh, feeling right now of like, oh, I really want to nurture my daughter enough so she can use her throat chakra, which is really hard for her to overpower my really loud throat chakra. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's interviewing me. This is so cool. <laughs> I'm so proud. So part two of the question is, um, can you just share a little bit about what, the, what we've been up to for the past month in Utah? Yes. Can I cover two months? Because it's really two months. Two months? Yeah. Really? Wow. So we've, <laughs> I actually counted it. We have only been in Montana 17 of the last 75 days since the beginning of the year, basically. Uh, we, <laughs> we were here for less than a week, remember, after New Year's, and then we went to Tamaracks in Montana, and then we came back for a couple of days and then That's left true. for St. And George. Days. It's March 13th, and we, yeah. And then we came back from St. George because we thought we had to, which was really weird. And we turned around five days later and drove back to St. George and really have been there since. So it's pretty crazy. No wonder, like right now we're here back in this house staring at the beautiful, every time we record a podcast, I feel like I'm staring at these beautiful mountains, but at the same time feel like surreal in that, like, why am I here? I don't know. I just am here. Yeah. And, and, um, I want to dive into what exactly what happened over that uh, month, but before we do that, I want to ask, uh, why do you think, you know, we're super ADD when we travel, right? And we, for a long time, actually for like, I think three years, we couldn't stay somewhere more than three nights, right? Correct. Before that, I, I think, think we were a little bit better. Yeah, we pretty much... It was a big deal if we went somewhere for four nights. That was like yeah. unbelievable. So, and the only place that, uh, you know, last year we went to Hawaii. And Hawaii is like the only place where we we go. Actually, in Hawaii this last time, we we drove like madmen. We were like yeah. all over the place. We'd like lap the islands multiple times because Hawaii, we got like island fever. But before, a long time ago, we used to go to Hawaii. And we would just chill and relax. And ever since we moved into our RV, we haven't really been able to chill chill out and just travel slow and so it's really crazy that we stayed in St. George this long and I want to know why you think you didn't want to leave now like for me I know I like love climbing so I could climb every day and not get bored but I, and I know you love climbing too but, but I know much, but not right? as much as I love climbing like I could just do that every day and um why do you think you didn't feel the need to leave yeah, well, it's funny because honestly, we could have stayed even longer because it was only a few weeks. I would have preferred to climb, but then have a few days off to work and do other things in between. But even the fact that we were only there a couple weeks at a time, I always felt pressure like, oh, I got to get you in climbing every day. So I think there was this weird feeling of honestly it was like it's always been a dream it's not that i can't travel slow it's that we've never had this um space to travel slow necessarily because before when we travel slow your dad would work in san diego and i always felt this time pressure because even though we full-time rv we we've done it in weird ways we're either like on a trip abroad and then victor's with us and maybe we'll go slow in hawaii or slow in 
Europe, New Zealand, somewhat. No, we didn't go slow there. We go <laughs> New fast. New Zealand there too. was insane. <laughs> Those were all fast. But he's with us. So if we're in the States and we're going slow, we di- we just didn't before because your dad would always have to be get back to work and then I'd feel guilty leaving him. And so I just always felt torn. And this was like the first time in my life. The only thing I was torn about was the fact that we were wasting money on this that house we're renting. But once I wrapped my head around the fact that like, whatever, it's just, it's security. It's there if we need it. Who cares? It's just money, money. Like we have it. It's fine. It doesn't, the, the attachment was gone. It was really weird to just finally, it's like my dream. It's my new dream. I'm like, I just really want to be back full timing, slow. And just if we want to stay, we stay. And if we want to go on, we go on. But it's been hard with your dad's job. So what, uh, what specific insights, because I know that when the summer comes around, you wouldn't necessarily always want to do that. Do you think that you mm. genuinely would choose, like, if you if you had, if we say in will, right? If yeah. money wasn't an object and... Um, I feel would like I pretty to... much have the perfect... Ske- like, I almost yeah. have the perfect schedule for this summer in that um, only thing is in summer, I do feel like a little bit more ADD because we're trying to cram Summer's in enough... Summer's so short. Des- yes. It's just, summer's so short. We're trying to cram in uh, like a certain number of destinations because like truly I'd want to spend like a couple weeks in um, at least, but a couple weeks in our favorite mountains in Colorado, our favorite mountains in Idaho, our favorite mountains in Wyoming, our favorite uh, Black Hills in South Dakota, our favorite mountains in like the Cascades, maybe even Oregon. But you know, with the state of the world, some of those spots aren't as ideal. But yes, it's like you want to see all the mountains. So it's in like summer. a yin and yang sort of thing. Yes, right? absolutely. Um, do you think for most people that they kind of need to find that yin and yang, or do you think some people don't? Yeah, uh, yeah, their yin and yang, yin and yang, probably is some to some extent there, but it just doesn't look maybe the exact same as as ours does. You know, yeah. our yin and yang used to be surfing mountains, surfing yeah. the winter mountains in the. This has been the first winter that we haven't had that. So it was pretty cool though because we have too many sports and not enough time. And so it was pretty cool this year to like do so much climbing. And then I think we're gonna I think we're gonna get a lot of climbing this year because my priority is to get Gabby, so she's a five twelve leader, <laughs> uh, lead climber, which is a pretty big deal. And, and she's pretty close. She's almost there. And so I'm really trying to make that happen for her this year. But um, I think there'll be some backpacking. I don't think there'll be as I really want a mountain bike, but I don't think there'll be as much mountain bike. Yeah, that was another. Do you love mountain bike? Because we didn't get to mountain bike as much as would. If you had stayed longer, would you have been able to or wanted to mountain bike? Or Absolutely. You... I feel like there wasn't enough time. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, right? Like for us to go somewhere for two months and still feel like there's not enough time. Yeah. Um, so with how crazy perfect in a way St. George was, of course there had to be something because we there's always something whenever we have those two good to be true moments, ironically. Um, and do you want to share what happened um, this in this last week? Yeah, so it was a pretty amazing, with the small exception of, uh, I should state, like this has been a, this, it was perfect for me, but it's still an adjustment. Like Victor, as much as he's full-time travel, He's never, if you, you know, we've recorded some of these on the podcast. We've been a little bit better about getting him on our YouTube. But there's still this element after six years that he hasn't wrapped his head around this lifestyle. It's like he's there, but not really like there. And so I do think as perfect as it was, the only thing more perfect would be if your dad was like, oh my gosh, I think this is just the most amazing way to live my life. 
And then I definitely wouldn't have cared about the next thing that happened. But we have this truck. We love this truck. Aang is the most amazing truck ever. I guess most people wouldn't consider it the most amazing truck ever. But seriously, it's like the dream truck. We love it. Like when I first saw this truck, I'm like, yep, I don't care. This is the truck I want. And my brother's like, ah, but it's, I didn't realize he was telling me it was the bad years. This is 03 that started to have the fuel injector issues. It's a Ford. And so, and my dad gives me a hard time that they circle the problem with the truck. You know how Ford is circled. But I, and Gabby, and Isabel, actually everybody but Victor loves this truck. Danny does not like the truck. Okay. Danny likes itty bitty trucks. Our people, our root trucker issued people in our family do not like this truck. But I love this truck. And... It has given us some problems. The problems seem more gargantuan than they really are because you gotta think when you're full-time traveling, it's your only vehicle. So if it breaks, you're kind of stuck in some in things. So Gabby and I, and then the funny thing is I'm kind of a control freak. And so I don't let other people drive the truck very often. And Gabby's like, oh, I know she loves to drive the truck. So finally. Okay, so no, this is like serious. We don't let my dad drive the truck. We, we he don't because anytime now we don't let him drive pretty much any vehicle because anytime he drives he puts the check engine light on or it's just like you know you're saying my mom's one day saying, he like, could oh come on you should you didn't turn turn right or something yeah like when he drives we're always correcting him or he he um, I don't know it's broke on him many times like completely just stopped. I think on him. he manifested. I think he has a subconscious belief or fear or program of a fear of cars breaking down or a fear of getting in trouble for breaking a car. So, yeah. or he, being in a situation we were in. So we so went climbing that. and I know it has nothing to do with Gabby. It was just ironic that the finally the time I'm like, oh, here, Gabby, oh, you yes. can drive. So wait, let me, let me tell a story. Okay. It's our last day in St. George. Um, you know, we've been there for two months and the next day we were supposed to hitch up and drive back. Um, to Polson, Montana. And so we were going climbing one last time. We were go- going climbing at Lamb's Knoll. And Lamb's Knoll is an amazing place. It's on the um, Kolob Terrace Road, which is like the backside of Zion National Park. And it's amazing. It's where you go and, uh, and you hike the subway, which we've done before. And um, it's so pretty. Um, but Lamb's Knoll is very secluded and has amazing climbing. Um, and we were doing these really cool, really awesome routes. Yeah, um, it, the, the two routes Gabby led on there were pretty, uh, pretty, I want to use a bad word, pretty bad blank because I just couldn't believe. They're slightly overhung, really huge moves to do it. One was an 11A and one's an 11C. Yes, and it was just like wrapping up such a great time in St. George. And we get back in the car and... Uh, and I'm I'm driving, so I start the car, and it doesn't start one time. I'm like, Mom, I'm you're you're starting. I'm not getting in trouble. And I of course, <laughs> oh, don't do it again. Let me try it. And then I couldn't start it either. And my brain jumps to like plays out scenarios in like split seconds. And so right then, when I turned it over like the third time, and it wouldn't start, I'm like, oh, I just knew that the <laughs> what was going to happen for the next few days was just going to be so hard. So. As I'm trying to start it a couple more times. Doing all the tricks. uh, Yeah, I tried because we've had problems before. And I'm sorry, I'm like trying to bring it all the way through all the gears, uh, roll it in neutral a little bit, pat my head, rub my belly at the same time to start it, send out a prayer. We still can't get it started. we We asked somebody eventually like, hey, can you give us a ride back to town? Now, granted, Lamb's Knoll is a good 45 minutes from our campground where we were staying in Sand Hollow. 
and there's no cell service. So even if I could call Victor, he doesn't have a car to pick us up. So we knew there was no option. I couldn't really call a tow truck there, no cell service. So we've got to hitchhike first back to the campground. This was like the Martian, solve one problem, then solve the next, mm -hmm. then solve the next. So we hitchhike. I feel bad because uh, the people weren't really, like they were totally having to drive out of their way. So it was an hour and a half of their time to take us there. And they were a little nervous, you know, with like, having strangers in their car breathing and masks and all breathing. that stuff. They're scared of us breathing, but, <laughs> but we're still thankful that they And then we get, so that that's step one. Step two is now we got to deal with the truck. Luckily, I knew a mechanic in St. George. I had just gotten the oil changed and rear differential uh, done. So I called the mechanic. I'm like, all right. We got a car broken down. He's like, well, you could go like put gas in it and then, but I'm like, I have no car to go put gas in it and see if that, like having a more, a fuller gas tank would do it. So in the end, we have to spend a lot of money to get a tow truck to, to drive it uh, to the mechanic. We take care of that. Luckily, the mechanic was so kind, gave us a rental, gave him, gave us actually his car to use because I was out of groceries. You know, we were supposed to go back the next day. It's raining for the next two days. Oh, Did and, I miss oh, anything? It's snowing? Snowing. Oh, actually. it snowed. No, it's like St. George. It doesn't, we go there because it doesn't snow. And of course it was snowing the that one did. day. <laughs> so the problem is we don't have a campground. The, this was Wednesday. We were supposed to check out. This was, sorry, Tuesday. We were supposed to check out Wednesday. So Wednesday morning comes, the car, the truck's at the mechanic. Wednesday morning comes and everyone's like, oh my gosh, Robin, what do we, mom, what are we going to do? I'm like, well, we got to wait and see what the mechanic says. And we have to be checked out at noon, but we have no truck to check our check our fifth wheel out. And so literally at 12 o'clock, calling the mechanic, like, what's the deal? He's like, ah, it's, it's going to take, a, it's going to be at least today. So we're running around the campground, finding another nice person to hitch us up and move us campsites. So we find another campsite. Thank goodness. It's like the only campsite. Luckily, somebody canceled because Thank it was goodness, freezing. because it was so cold that day. We ran our heaters all day long. And it's like, we would have lived, but it's just so so hard when it's that cold. Yeah, it would have been hard for because our heaters, we have propane, but the heaters won't keep up unless you're running the generator. And I don't know if our generator would have been powerful enough to run that kind of ampage to to keep everything going. So it really was a big deal for us to get electricity. I think that was... Uh, saved us that night and then the next day we have the exact same situation where it's like okay is the truck going to be ready I don't know uh I well I got to get out at 12 o'clock out of my campsite and that night there were no more campsites so we we're kind of in a bad situation I thought it was so fun though like, like <laughs> all was, of that I moving laughed. around like running around to see if there's someone that'll tow us and then people being like oh yeah yeah for sure um so like, many all good of that people. so many good people and so and I love all the adapting on the fly thing. Of course, we have some people in our family. Danny and, mostly and Danny Victor, and like, gets super stressed about the whole thing. <laughs> so it all has to do with your root chakra, guys. Heal your root chakra and you can adapt great. <laughs> hey, I know someone who has a good course on that. Um, so we end up, I leave at like noon to go try to get the truck, maybe put a little pressure. Okay, if I'm at the mechanics, if the truck's ready, I can just grab it and run back. Well, it gets to be after 12, and so Victor has to go find another good person to move us, and this time there's no campsite, so they just move us to the overflow parking until the truck's ready. And then literally, like, our the mechanic was so great. He pretty much had to uh, solder. Oh, there was a wire on the fuel injector that was 
that um, the pin broke and so he had to solder a new wire to get it up and running. It was pretty cool because I like that he was thinking outside the box and really adaptable too and made sure that we were on the road. By six o'clock that truck was done. I pulled out the mechanic. It had been pouring that day. I was thinking it was like hailing on you guys. Yes, it was so cold. That was the other thing when we were sitting in the parking lot. We honestly, we we should have solved this problem sooner. It's because, but we were sitting in the parking lot um, outside of the campground and we're like shivering, freezing, waiting like, is she going to tell us? Yeah, that was, I know. And here I was like just sitting at the mechanic playing on my phone, all warm and comfy. (laughs) They got Thai food without us. (laughs) And then we, so we literally like, hitched up and then i had to put it in the fifth wheel in storage because we were leaving it down there since we'll go back hey this is nomads with a purpose and we're interrupting this podcast to quickly tell you guys about the newly launched defy the norm apparel defy the norm apparel is for the dreamers and the doers and anyone who's allergic to the rat race wear it and share it defy the norm is a vibe of bravery inspiring others to go against the grain and pursue their dreams it's a movement for reclaiming our radical nature and unlimited potential. You can shop now at nomadswithapurpose.com forward slash shop and be a leader in our live outside the box revolution. And it was, it's, I'm getting better at this. Like I, I can park our fifth wheel much better, but it's a huge fifth wheel. And so to like back it into a tight storage space and like it's a gravel dirt dirt lot so like your tires kind of spin on the wet gravel and I don't know if to me it was a huge win I didn't hit anything I got it in but there was that moment of holding my breath for sure like oh come on you can do like there's just a lot of pressure and you have to you have no choice but to just act and work through that and I think that's kind of what why you ask all those questions is like to you know some people just naturally have it. I'm going to say I, I partially naturally have it. Part of it was my upbringing. Things went wrong for us as kids. And so my dad just adapted. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, let me avoid pain. Let me avoid failure. Let me avoid being in uncomfortable situations. It's just you're in them and you adapt. I think I've told stories on the podcast before how, you know, we'd r- go out for rides on our quads. Our quads would break down. Sometimes you just find somebody to tow you back. And it was like, it was literally like reliving those that skill set I had in my childhood. Yeah, and I think about Danny. Um, Danny's always had the most trouble adapting. He's the most routine-oriented person. Um, and he's very anxious to and begin And he, he gets anxious, yeah. And when we first started traveling, traveling, and we would go on planes more, and this would, or I mean, even road trips, things always go wrong. And at first it used to bother him a lot more, but in five years... He sh- we make jokes that he's a little anxious, but he's he's, he's really funny. good now. And it was amazing because he'd ask me a lot of questions, and I go, Danny, just just breathe for a second. What's the what's your biggest fear right now? He's like, I actually don't have one. It's just my my natural instinct is to to worry and ask these questions. And 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 I said, that's well, that's okay. You can ask questions, but just catch catch where that anxiety is coming from. And Victor will like make himself sick because he worries, but doesn't necessarily do anything with that worry. So it's so important to to just solve the problems. And even driving back, like I gotta tell you, the truck did not run, how it did not idle the right way when we would um, let off on the accelerator, it would just like kind of gurgle. And yeah, so my mom goes, drive 80. Yeah, basically <laughs> don't, I told Gabby don't at drive one slower point, than 80. <laughs> she was going up a hill and I'm, and it was kind of like slow. I'm like, what's going on? Let me drive. I like, you know, hit the panic button a little bit. A little bit. My control freak, let me just drive so that you don't have the responsibility. But then after I drove it again and I gave her back the keys, I'm like, just keep it at 80. Don't let it, don't, like at 70, for some reason, I think the injectors just fire, misfire. And so 
I'm like, just pedal the metal. Pedal the floor. What's the same? Um, so it was a really good learning experience. It was more, to me, it wasn't a big deal other than like, uh, maybe it's time to pull the trigger on a new truck. I love that truck, but it might be time. I'm, you, I'm wrapping my head around it. Yeah. Do you think um, sometimes... I, we have that stuff happen to us so often that I forget that most people don't have to adapt um, in scenarios like that very often. Um, what do you think being in those experiences teaches people the most? Well, confidence. Um, for sure confidence because you solve one problem and if you're successful, then you're more willing to solve more problems. So it's almost, as I would say that overall life we got, we've gotten a little soft. We haven't had these men, that many problems to solve in the last few decades. Life's been easy. And so even if it feels scary right now, it's not technically hard. It's just scary because we have this, this, this fear of something that we can't see. And if it was something we could see, we'd be so much braver because we would know how to act upon it. Um, I think for a lot of people, that they just need to um, put themselves in more situations and and be okay. It's like the, it's the essence of my empowerment course is that you have to choose a goal, choose a tangible goal. It doesn't have to be super big, but it's got to be something just a little bit outside your comfort zone. It's also why we love rock climbing and love surfing so much because you're you're just stepping outside your comfort zone just enough to force yourself to grow, to try something new, to take a risk. And you know what? At first, you might fail multiple times, but if the desire is high enough, you keep trying. So for us, the desire has been totally high enough to go new places, see new things. Even if we don't have the amount of money we want, that's probably why more things happen to us because we don't have a new truck or we don't spend a ton of money on things. And and, and so we end up maybe Maybe eventually more money would be mean more comfort, but I don't necessarily think that that's a good thing. Like I feel doesn't like, necessarily add more value or happiness, joy to your life. Exactly, and so I think that is the big thing. Like if you're listening, you're thinking, "Oh, I don't know. Oh, I do not want to be in that situation." You have to step back for a second and be like, "Well, that's okay. You won't, You don't want to necessarily be in that situation, but is there a situation? Is there something that you're thinking about?" that you have a little bit of desire for, that you maybe need to heighten that desire so you're willing to take that risk, so you're willing to accept that failure. Then you you don't fail one time or two times or 10 times or 100 times, all of a sudden you're like, shoot, I just figured that out again. And I met good people and then you get all these wins and it's great. I mean, you feel the same when you're climbing. Oh, you know, yeah. Gabby, went, we went climbing in St. George. Like I said, we're I'm trying to prioritize um, making sure she gets to push herself. And I told her right before we left, I'm like, you got to go for that 11C. You're not falling. If you're not falling, you're not failing. Like you're not going to, you've got to push until you start taking some falls. And it's not that she's not afraid to fall. It's that she's good enough that she doesn't end up falling. And, and then she turns and looks at me and just says, yeah, mom, you better start leading. <laughs> Cause I'm not, I don't engage those things as much. I don't have enough desire. That's why I'm your lead climber. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my next question. Basically, she's enabling me. <laughs> I know. I enable you all the time, Mom. Um, so I'm curious, um, you know, with the way that uh, we had such a great time, even though there was a, a few things that weren't perfect, it was still an amazing time in St. George. 
but then, you know, of course, the truck goes and breaks. And um, this kind of happens often in our life where we have, um, where we have a, honestly, it's just vehicles breaking. That has the most common way. But we have obstacles in our life. Um, And especially, it often comes after periods of of awesomeness because we have such awesome lives. And I'm curious um, what your approach to reading the signs is. How do you decide what you want to be a sign and what do you choose to be? How do you um, distinguish what's a sign and what's just normal and what's just life? That's a really good question. I didn't think she'd be able to stump me. She didn't stump me, but I had to like think about it for a second. Um, I, I think I have an abnormal amount of intuition because I kind of, maybe partially because we've done so many, like I've gotten to test so many elements, so many sports, so many different types of adventures, so many different types of travel, so many, I don't know. So I kind of, in the end, can always come back to what feels right long-term. And we're literally, she, she knew to ask me this question because we're literally at that crossroads right now. Uh, if you know cognitive function, we try to talk about it a lot. I have this TE dominance where I, I have an idea, multiple ideas in my head, and then to TE it, I, I, have to talk, I get on a whiteboard and I talk out scenarios. And I like to play them out until it's like, it literally, when I find the right solution, it's like, it just resonates and it just feels, there's like a sense of calmness in my body. And when I don't feel like I'm making the right decision, it, it feels like nails on the chalkboard inside on my cells. Like just, just I think like, it's really uh, powerful that you can um, feel, feel that. Because um, a lot of people, I mean, I, I yeah. would say like I can analyze situations pretty well, but I have trouble knowing what feels right. Um, yeah. intu- intuition, but I guess that's what you're saying. It's probably just life. Because Gabby has a lot of similar uh, cognitive functions to me. TI versus TE is different. But I don't think it's that as much as just... Um, more repetition. I just have more years of life in me, more times. I've just had yes, to make but, so many hard decisions. But we couldn't say dad has that. So I'm no, just so curious. No, so then it's decision. How- it's because I make so many decisions all the time. That's where I was saying like people, you have to step out of your comfort zone and make more decisions. It's the same reason Gabby goes to, to lead climb and she's not falling yet because she keeps putting herself in situations where she's maybe five feet above her bolt and not and having trouble finding a handhold. And she sits in those uncomfortable situations and breathes and calms her nerves before overreacting. And in that situation, you probably feel like you just know. No, no, no. If I just sit here for long enough, I know that handhold will appear. If I sit here, right? If I chalk up yeah. a few times. You do, so you would look at your life in the same yes. approach of... Yes. I'm gonna sit here and think about it until I know what, uh, know which way to go. Yes, because like when you're lead client and you know you're having to get to those anchors, you know, okay, there's these bolts. I have to from this bolt to this bolt. Okay, I got three more bolts. Then I'm at my anchors. I think overall, I see a big picture for where my life's supposed, where I want to see it go. Like I can picture, okay, five years from now, finally Victor's gonna wrap his head around RV living. Uh, we're going to have this whole posse of RVs. Um, my kids, like, they're they're going to be, oh, we're going to climb 10 sleeve. I'm like, okay, perfect. Look, your dad and I are going to go bike the Tetons first, and then we'll meet you in 10 sleep. Like, I have this big picture of vision of life all the time. Even though it's evolving, it might not look like that. And so I can play out, for example, right now, I look at these 
mountains. I'm like, I just can't see my life always being, I can see coming back to this house. I can see looking at those mountains, but I can't see it happening like most of my year. I can see it like hmm, three times a year I come here and chill. So I guess that's what all it is, is anytime in, the, in those situations, um, the truck, it's just perspective. You put it in relative terms, like what's, what's the bigger point yeah, in so life? So do you think, um, I don't know if I answered that. Yeah, question. no, you did great. I was curious even more in depth on a quantum mechanics level. You know, one of our, my favorite books is, uh, I think it's just called Aware Power Functioning. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who it's by, but I'll link it oh, yeah. in the show notes. Um, and it just really explains in the most simplified terms the way that we manifest everything into our lives. Not just not just the big picture, not just the things we want. We manifest everything into our life. So do you think that the truck falls into that category? Oh, that experience, it's funny because I definitely see where my limitations are. Like the, um, because there's certain things I manifest really easy. And I know I, right now I'm on the brink of this next phase of manifestation that I just, when the truck broke down in my head, a trigger goes off like somebody's going to give me a ride. The tow truck guy's going to totally say that it's okay for me to ride with him so that he can eventually give me a ride to the mechanic who will definitely have no problem giving me his car so that I can go get groceries. I just believe it from the, in a second. Like it's just going to happen. It's going to be fine. There's good people. I believe there's good people. So good people come in my path. And for example, so it'll be interesting on this podcast if I one of these days soon I tell you like I just went and bought a new truck. Like we probably have the money to go buy a new truck, but there's some limiting belief system that I don't think not that I deserve it or that it's not going to make me happy. It's a, like, well, I don't really need it. So like, do you think I, perhaps that could be a sign of uh, or like bringing awareness to that programming? Yes. Possibly? Absolutely. Absolutely. And like when I, yes, when we meditate right now, I keep thinking about like, uh, is this programming serving me or is it limiting me? And I know the skill set my dad gave me in figuring out how to tow back a quad or fix a car when it's on the side of the road, things like that. He also is a millionaire and wears shoes with duct tape on them to this day. And I know for sure it's a programming that um, like, don't buy it if you don't need it. If it can work longer, because I do literally feel like I'm like, well, this is a good truck. Like, what are they going to do? It's just going to sit like that's a waste. I have this waste mentality that I don't, that's really hard for me to, it's kind of like the difficult. Res- yeah, it's hard because I, I, there's a lot of, we all have tons of programmings, but, and a lot of people have been, been able to break through those. Um, but I don't know, I don't know many people who can break, everyone has a money programming. It seems yeah. most people have a, a self-limiting money programming and it's really hard to break through. And I think maybe as a, society as a whole is kind of what holds us back is that we're, we're all holding each other back because um yeah none of us believe that we are deserving of money or that it's not abundant and it's hard because some of those mentalities that cause you to save money um help you in other ways in your life like i would say that some of the ways like not to waste um what's what enabled us to go to europe and stuff yeah yeah it's it's definitely something you just have to uh respect the dance respect the money dance uh because your dad he has this fear of scarcity but yet today he wanted to go like buy waste money at walmart in my head it's waste but truly by him buying what he wanted to go buy would be lack of scarcity mindset 
or would show that he doesn't worry. So it is very interesting in a relationship how much of your money issues you bring together. And it's power. It's really hard to work through those as a couple. And um, I think it's a long-term process. Don't you think like overall with all of these, with our courses, um, how we keep trying to teach people how to reprogram, that in the end, you're never going to escape your programming completely, but just awareness of your programming is almost Definitely. enough. Isabel, Isabel said something uh, cool yesterday that she's, she said, uh, well, it's not like you can get rid of your programming because you're like a computer and you need, you need a software to run. It's not, you can't not have a programming. So if you try to get rid of yours, you're just going to give yourself a new one that you're better off just understanding your programming and working around certain bugs. Yeah. And up, upgrading your own. Upgrade but your don't own like program, the, yeah. yeah. You're going to be able to just run without a programming for sure. It's yeah. It's been a really insightful. I mean, Super thankful because it prevent, presented an opportunity to grow. And in the end, I mean, like to me, I feel like with how crazy the world is, sometimes I'm like, did I manifest something to go bad so that I would get to see how many good people there are in the world? Yes. Or was it that that happened and because I chose to see how many good people there were in the world? I don't know. You Sometimes I think you just choose to see what you want to see. Yeah, so that leads to my next question is, uh, um, how do you feel about the karma that you received in this event and do you feel like it was something that you some there was one particular thing you did in your past that, that led you to in some ways deserve that or, or get the receive for what you gave or do you think your entire life in general is what you give and that was your receiving moment wow that's a good question so these things um i have a saying when we were in europe this was one of the first times we had these experiences where uh we had to ask for help and Victor really didn't want to ask for help. I don't know if I I don't know if I needed help that often. Nothing big. And then in Europe, we had to ask for help multiple times. And in the times of asking for help, it was really exciting for me because I'm like, oh my gosh, it forced me to meet really cool people. In fact, we wouldn't have met anybody in Europe if we weren't like damsels in distress at points in time in our in our lives. So, to me, I think. Uh, wait. I forget your question. <laughs> no. Do you I, think there was one particular thing oh, you did karma. in your life? About okay, that's right. The karma. No, no. I think, um, I don't think it's, because I, I did think about that multiple times and I tell the people like, oh, you're going to have good karma. I didn't think that like I, re I, I had accumulated a bunch of karma. What I did think after is because uh, one of my self-limiting beliefs is self-doubt that, you know, I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not um, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. I'm too much for people. I'm too intense, all these issues. And then when I'm in those situations, it makes me feel like more lovable, more likable, like, wow, people wanted to help me. I must be, you know, or I must be a good person for things happening like this. It made me feel like more worthy because good karma came my way. And it's never a question for me in terms of like, if I'm gonna give back, cause I know in a heartbeat, I'd give back so much and it motivates me to give back even more. So the hard part is that if like, yeah, I don't think it's my, we could talk about ancestral karma cause that's a whole different, that was interesting when you told me about ancestral karma. Oh, I could do a whole, I just think, we should do a whole well, podcast on ancestral karma. <laughs> in this case, I have a saying like, which told Victor when we were in Europe is like, if you would do it for somebody else, don't be afraid to ask it. I mean, so if I would, if I would give the shirt off my back to somebody, I would never be afraid to ask somebody for their shirt. And it was kind of like that. Like I would never, 
be um, if it was the same situation, someone was broke down on Lambs Knoll, I'd be the first to be like, hey, yeah, hop in. I mean, maybe if there's a creepy old guy that's like really freaked me out, maybe not, but you know, in a safe safety aside, I'd be like, yeah, sure, I'll give you a ride. Where do you need to go? Or um, oh, you need to borrow my car? Yeah, sure, here you go. So. I think because I happen to be at a stage in my life that I'm looking for this this enlightenment, this transformation in the world, this new light energy coming in, I think the universe wanted to provide it right now. That's cool. And were you going to say about, do you think that um, something from a past life, was that what you were going to mention about ancestral trauma? Do you think that in general... I don't think in this case, because I'll t- touch on it real quick, but maybe we'll do another one. So Gabby's been studying ancestral karma, and it's something I've never really even contemplated. But mine is, and it's weird because it kind of overlaps with your Enneagram. And so mine would be, like, as my Enneagram 8, in stress, I become more like a 5, a little bit more, like, data-hungry, uh, an investigator. And that's literally my past... Ancestral karma, it was like being a detective, meaning to overcome that karma, you have to not be so much of a detective. And I'm just going to let you guys know in my crazy obsessions, I'm kind of obsessed with crypto right now. I love watching YouTube videos. Like I stay up till two in the morning sometimes to watch everybody's crypto (laughs) videos and economics. There's this part of me that just loves numbers that I ignored for so long because I didn't have a need for it. And now I just like want to absorb as much information as possible and study and crunch numbers it's just so fun for me and I catch like becoming obsessive and so (laughs) when she told me mom you know you're not supposed like I have to like I'll do it secretly when nobody knows I'm like that I'm sneaking in a YouTube video about BitBoy Crypto and then I I might have said this on a podcast before but my mom is like uh have you guys heard about this thing called YouTube (laughs) I never, I'm on a YouTube channel. I never watched YouTube before crypto became so popular, <laughs> ever. I never slowed down enough to, we're too busy doing other things. And so I'm like, ooh, so I'll do it. But then I have zero, attach. I try to work on zero attachment to it. But maybe it's just because the market's doing good right now. That I have like, <laughs> Ask me when it plummets in October. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so my last one that uh, I had written down in advance was, um, so... From a very zoomed out perspective of what we experienced in the last two months, I think just in general, without having words to explain it precisely, it was a very um, magical or enlightening experience. Um, Just from like an energetic perspective, not, you know, exactly what it is. Um, One is, how would you explain it from um, as a whole and um, what what key insights have you gained from this? Um, of course, we already covered, uh, oh, yeah, I kind of want to travel like this in the future. This is how I always want to travel. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, what insights into your own life have you gained? So it kind of goes back with, like, the question you asked, how do, like, how do other people handle these stresses? So I have this weird, crazy, good, whatever talent of, like, if something sparks curiosity in me, I go play it out. If I wonder... I do. And so I don't think there'll ever be any formula for how we live or how we travel. Like, and it's not even that I'm ADD. I know I'm like not actually. I'm very, it's that, I guess, Gabby like calls me sometimes a mad scientist with my notes. I think I'm just like that in life. Like, oh, there's a point where I wonder. So, I mean, it starts, I wonder if I can just open up 
my own business and you know i was 19 victor was 20 21 and we maxed out his credit cards literally took sledgehammers to walls opened up a business i don't know how we ended up getting the lease like we had no business plan but i was just more like hmm, i wonder i wonder if i could let's do it and then i wonder if um i can have five hits i wonder if i can homeschool them. i wonder if and then you just wonder and then you pull the trigger and you do it and then you adapt like to something new it's never like oh i wonder i did i checked it off the list okay i'm content now that scenario would be victor's dream for me to just check it off and be content but so this was the natural progression of a new wonder and the biggest struggle with it is I loved it so much, it's really hard for me right now to wrap my head around the idea of possibly full-time traveling, but having a home base that I go to one week out of every two months. Like to me, uh, I'm like, is that a scare, money scarcity? It seems wasteful. It's like literally the last, this last barrier of belief systems of can, can I really like, God, that's a lot of money. But then you think of what is a vacation cost. You know, you usually spend $3,000 on a week vacation for an Airbnb. So you start to go like, well, yeah, why why not? And so maybe the now, I don't know, I guess it's, um, it was just a new scenario to test out. And I won't even think it would go back to that because I kind of think we're at this transition where you and Isabel will have another, your own RV camper van something and so I told your dad, like, when we left St. George, I'm like, this might be the last trip we do like this as a family. He's like, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> Why would they leave me? <laughs> but I don't know. So it gets to answer your question. It's like, it's literally like just playing with the universe and realizing, like, there's no right or wrong. Aren't, like, we're truly consciousness on a ride. I joke with Gabby all the time, like, yeah, my consciousness is like, woo, this is fun. I got into a really exciting body. Like, <laughs> let's just see where this goes. I mean, I'd like it to like last longer. It'd be really nice another 50 years in this consciousness body combination. But you just test. Like, you're not being irresponsible, but you're at the same time, you're not limiting yourself by irrational fears or justifying it that you can't because your programming says that's not the way we live. I mean, it's defy the norm, right? Awesome. And last one, if you had to pick one word to describe um, our, our trip, I guess you could call it, what word would you say? Oh, man. Hmm. First one that comes to mind, I think I am not the word person, so this is probably not the best word, but the first one that came to mind was reflection because it was something that the idea had already been in my head. I wonder what it would be like to finally get to where Victor's purely a digital trainer and we are on no timeline and we can stay for as long as we want eh, technically we would have stayed longer if we didn't have a house that we felt like we needed to get back to so i guess it wasn't full but it was like literally every day i woke up and like reflected on is this is this happiness what what would i do to make this better what what am i missing like i always have to it, it's probably not the best way to look at life because you know how we talked about yesterday the mindfulness that we're supposed to just be present in the moment and there's this moment there is like you're present you're grateful you know we'd run and like the mountains are on hd quality but there's also this part of you that's like well you don't want to settle so like what would your next move be i guess so reflection I, it was a lot of reflection like is this is this the dream yes it's the dream but i think it was well, really powerful to have time in your life to 
Um, because when we, when we traveled fast, I noticed that uh, it was hard that to run a business while traveling fast, mostly because we were so busy thinking about yeah. where am I going to sleep tonight, that um, all the time you need to think about what aligned action you need to take in your life. Um, you just don't have that much time for it. And you don't think initially that traveling fast is going to take up so much um, of your thought time, but it does. And so it was interesting to have um, to be somewhere where you're both enjoying your life and contemplating aligned action and taking aligned action. It was the epitome of comfort and challenge. That's mm-hmm. probably what I love so much about it. It's like you couldn't put two words. Like I want luxury uh, Egyptian cotton sheets and then a rock to climb during the day. But like I don't love the the dirtbag life to the extent of like I go climb and then I'm dirty rolling into bed. I don't really like that. I'd choose like hike 22 miles over backpacking any day. So it was totally the epitome of like both worlds coming together. Uh, Do you remember in Europe how much time? So we were there six months and we moved every day. Like we we never camped really one spot. I mean, a couple times, but not much. Do you remember how many hours of our day we'd spend like searching out a grocery store, searching out a campground? And that's exactly what I mean. It was crazy. We would, she's, our whole day was thinking about, because it was all so, so new, not just moderately new. It was, I have no idea how, (laughs) I don't know how campgrounds work. Do you have to pay per person? Can we afford if it, the campground, yeah. if they pay per person, because that's really expensive because we have seven people. And is there another option? If not, and where would we be? We always playing out so many scenarios. And it, for us, it was it was great. It was like no different than the trek situation. Like we thrived on like that problem solving. But yeah, like Victor hated it. It was so stressful for him to have uncertainty. And I mean, I still think it just comes up that he didn't have that many experiences. He didn't have that many times to test that. So, so if you have kids, like you got to give them these opportunities to, to test different things, to experiment and fail. But he also, because they truly grew up with a money scarcity, the worst thing in your life is to relive that money scarcity. And yeah, that was, that was a powerful moment in our life. Like to me, I thought it was well, it's so fun. This is great. I mean, it's hard, but it's great. But yeah, some nights we'd be like, it'd be like eight or nine at night and still like barely finding a grocery store that was open. Oh, where was that? Um, In Finalboro? In um, Finalboro, yeah. We went climbing. We got there and then we were trying to, we had no food and we were trying to get to a grocery store um, because it was about to close in 15 minutes and Gabby's trying to give me directions as fast as she can. And we turned down a dead end road in a motorhome, and like, it took so long to turn around. I think we pulled up into the grocery store with like five minutes to spare. And to me, I looked at that. Yes. Yes. What a win. But I remember Victor just being like, we only had five minutes to spare. Like, I can't believe you guys. Why didn't you plan this? Like, I don't know. It just happens. And that was, yeah, it, it's pretty amazing that we're Improvise, still married. Improvise, adapt, overcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I could think of many more yeah. uh, times yeah. like that. Germany in the, um, by, by the Neuschwanstein Castle, is that what it's called? That yeah. castle? How hard it was to find a campground there too. Yeah, that was actually exactly what I was thinking about. Oh man, and it was so expensive. And we pull in um, and your dad has to like... Uh, I don't remember. They just wanted to charge an obscene amount of money just for us to tent camp for the night. 
And he's we sitting there <laughs> arguing with the owner. Oh, he, I think he had to get somebody to translate. And in the end, the guy translating said, well, it's the guy doesn't like you because you have Austrian plates. I'm like, what? I don't know why we end up winning a car with Austrian <laughs> plates, but it didn't matter. I'm like, whoa, that's, that's crazy. But life lesson, you learn and you adapt. And then I'm like sitting on the concrete, cooking on like a single tiny little burner meat and then beans and like we'd cook one pot of meat and then put it in a in a tupperware and then we'd cook another pot of yeah. rice and put it in a tupperware and then you'd cook warm up the beans and then you'd assemble them all together in the end and an hour and a half later you had this like mediocre meal of rice beans <laughs> and you meat. just wanted to eat at that point oh uh, good times good times well is there anything else you want to add to this podcast I think we... I do a lot. that was that was really fun uh, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of interesting to see. Uh, it's not easy to make choices given the state of the world right now. But I do feel like uh, what drove me here to Polson was more fear than I liked having because I don't normally let fear control my decisions. And so I feel really grateful that eventually I decided, well, the fear of staying back and wondering what if was not worth it, that I needed to overcome that fear and just engage and be like, well, we're going to cross, you know, if if things are locked down or if things, you know, uh, I just don't want to deal with mass mandates and stuff. So it's, it was kind of one of those that we were hiding. We really literally were kind of hiding from the mass mandates. Like, I just don't want to deal with people yelling at me. And I mean, I, I don't want to have to pull out the, it's my constitutional right to walk into a store. So at one point, I think about Christmas, I realized like, uh, like this is silly. This doesn't make sense. It's not... This isn't like everything about me is about live life to the fullest. And if I'm sitting here not wanting to engage because of a mask, then that's not healthy. If you won't engage with the world, um, then you've already lost, lost your freedom. Yes. Um, yeah. That's and then been it, a big, that's been a big curve for us to, I mean, I think I realized it, like you said, in December too. And then it's hard choosing, you still have to draw a line somewhere and that's the hard part. And I think that was aw- why St. George was so awesome because it, it stayed, we, caught, we drew our line and it stayed within that. And like the big one for me with all the chakras is I always have to keep coming back to my crown chakra that um, I think I try to be so much money poor, so much my own sense of strength and so much my third eye. I see this future and I, I have this vision. And, and then like to just turn on my crown chakra and just be like trust, it literally by us going out and traveling, forced me to like all right i want to trust i'm going to put myself out there and just trust fully in humanity and so far it's always been a win and that kind of the cool thing i've always i guess my numerology said this too i always things kind of end up being a win for me so often that subconsciously i think the rug's going to get pulled out from under me but now after this many years it might but i'd say like well what are you going to do like take the one lot like just remember the one loss or the thousand wins and at this point i'm like well i just have to like every time i'm scared it's not that i'm not scared your dad asked me that yesterday like don't you get worried driving home with the truck like that i'm like well i just don't let myself the thought comes it's all about analyzing risk yeah i mean it's like, like my get favorite thing to the, do yeah <laughs> i love it scared risk. on the climb but you you just don't you're like okay i'm scared but i trust my skill set i trust my knowledge i I trust my training. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that covers it. 
Awesome. Thank you for joining us for, in this Defy the Norm episode. Um, please, if you haven't already, leave a review on iTunes because that helps us so much. That Because when you, when you leave a review, it tells iTunes to share it with more people. And if you could just share this podcast directly with your f- friends or other people who should be listening to this, that would help us so much. And we're su- super thankful if you do. Um, and... Is- my empowerment course is available now, so make sure you uh, click the link in the description. Uh, there's a bunch of free parts to it. The other parts are super cheap. I mean, seven bucks. It's a cup of coffee or empower your life. Either way. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Bye.